Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I'm Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, uh, we dove into actually something that's you know very kind of near and dear to our hearts because it is our growth formula framework that we preach and implement for all of our clients. So this is the exact strategy, the exact formula that we implement here at YMS for our clients in the B2B space that are, are looking for growth, right? That's really what we do for our clients is try to drive growth. And we have a very specific formula and framework that we've sort of created here that we live by, uh, that we implement for all of our clients. So please give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend or a colleague if you find some value here. And we're excited to, to jump right in. So let's go. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Samuel, we wanted to talk today about specifically what we do for our customers. We talk a lot in this podcast about specific tactics and individual activities. But we also talk a lot about how the buyer's journey has changed, how we as marketers need to continuously adapt our marketing to fit what our customers are looking for. So we have at 1IMS developed what we call a growth formula framework. I and mean, this is pretty standard and we've been implementing this for the past few years for all of our clients. Really, regardless of the industry, the mechanics of it, the ideas really remain the same. Obviously, the details vary from, from client to client and campaign to campaign. But walk us through what that growth formula framework is and, and how we implement that for our clients. Yeah, I mean, it, you don't have to be a mathematician to understand this. It's a very, very simple framework that we help implement for our customers. At the end of the day, you just have to look at the equation as, as what does it take to grow a company? It's a combination of both acquisition of new customers and retaining and growing existing book of business, right? So it's acquisition plus retention equals growth. I think what we've commonly seen in many organizations is, you know, they're, especially if they're a little bit of a mature company, they really do a great job in providing best services they can to their uh, customer base. So they have a very loyal uh, customer base that continue to buy from them and they stay with them, but they do a very poor job on proactively acquiring customers. So that is... Uh, a scenario that we've seen with a lot of companies, or you see a lot of young and hungry companies that do a great job in customer acquisition, but they burn through their customers at a very fast pace. And uh, I think the SaaS companies have really adopted this whole, you know, how do you lower the churn and how do you increase their customer lifetime value? How do you increase the acquisition and uh, how do you acquire customer at a much lower rate? All of those metrics were brought up and researched a lot by SaaS companies, and we try to take some of those things and try to educate our B2B customers and understand the importance of why you need to proactively acquire customers and why you also need to be thinking about retention and growth with the same vigor uh, and how you need to invest in both to, to grow a company. Absolutely. So let's repeat that again. So acquisition plus retention equals growth. Like you said, it's not rocket science, right? It's pretty pretty straightforward. And we also understand that not everybody listening to this is in a subscription-based, you know, recurring revenue model type business. But for the most part, when the clients that we work with, uh, even if they're one-off projects, they're happening on a relatively consistent basis. So uh, if you are in an industry where you know, you're know you selling something and that is a one-time purchase, a one-time customer, I would assume in that scenario, you know, in the B2B space, it's a relatively high order value, re- relatively high ticket price, right? But if you are in that type of business, um, then this still does apply to you. Maybe retention is the wrong naming convention for that. But we'll dive into the details of, of what we mean by that and, and what we can do as marketers to market to each of the 
you know, stages, if you will, of the, the buyer's journey or of this growth formula. Yeah, but you'd be surprised even I, I've seen in the creative, uh, in the B2B space where they sell equipments, they still can have maintenance right. program, they can have replenishing products. I mean, how many of our customers are actually sells an equipment, but they have a lot of uh, replenishable products and products that they have to buy. So there's still opportunity for retention, not just uh, right. the one-time yeah, sales. Yeah, 100% agree. So let's start with acquisition, right? So what we're talking about with acquisition is, um, of course, acquiring customers. But before we can get there, we have to look at, well, how do we acquire customers? And of course, what we're talking about is digital marketing. So we're talking about how do we acquire our potential customers, our potential audience? How do we acquire their attention, really? What can we do to get in front of them? And what we've identified is really the two scenarios you can make that happen is what we call create and capture or create or capture, right? So when we look at us, our job as marketers, again, it's it's how do we get our audience to consume our content, know who we are, and you know have some sort of interest in working with us. That's really the first step as marketers. So we can really either do that in two scenarios. Either we can capture the existing demand that's out there meaning people already know what they're looking for. They're online, they're searching for a solution provider, they're searching for a manufacturer, they're searching for a software, whatever it is that you provide, they're online searching for it, right? So we can certainly capture that existing demand. That's one way. If we do a good job of capturing whatever existing demand there is, we bring them to our website, we educate them, we convert them. That's going to get a long way in terms of our acquisition strategy. On the flip side of that coin, what do we do to actually create some awareness and generate some demand? Um, and depending on what we call your market maturity, meaning uh, how much existing demand is out there, right? How much how, do people even know that you exist or know that your product or service is something they need to be searching for? And even if they do, there are studies and statistics that show that at any given time, your total addressable market is only about one to three percent of them that are actively in a buying cycle, right? So if you take that one to three percent of your total addressable market, and then you break that down even further in terms of people that are actively in a buying cycle and also searching online, it may be a pretty small percentage of the market that you're actively in a searching online in a capacity that you could capture their existing demand, so to speak. So depending on the size of your total addressable market, you may be okay with that small percentage, right? But if it's a relatively niche market, uh, which a lot of our clients are, we need to focus on the other side of that, which is creating awareness and generating demand. What we've also seen in the B2B space is that typically the earlier on in the sales process that you can get involved, earlier on in that buyer's journey, if you will, that you can get involved and focus on the education, the better chance that you have of actually winning that deal when it comes down to actually capturing that demand, right? So a lot of B2B businesses miss on this piece, the creating awareness, but it's a huge piece of that acquisition part of the growth formula that we talk about. Yeah. And I think one thing I would add is, you know, especially when you're focused on acquisition and majority of your investment is just going into capturing the existing demand, like Taylor, as you said, right? The, everybody is really going after that, that in-market buyers of maybe one to 3% of the in-market buyers. So the, your energy and resources is going to be a spend there. And you're the most competitive is also going to be there in terms of advertising, because everybody knows the you know, the little bit of attention that they get get from that in-market buyers, everybody wants to spend money there. So it's that red ocean type of an environment where the biggest opportunity is the 97, you know, 93 to 97% of the addressable market that is not actively in market. So if you could be a strategic company that 
educate the, you know, uh, the market and, and set the buying criteria and become the subject matter expert, provide the greatest value of information, right? And helping your prospective customers solve their business challenges the most efficient way possible. Now you are creating a much broader net for you to be able to capture customer base. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that we want our customers to understand because every time we hear, hey, we want more customers, they're really talking about, oh, we just want to do some Google AdWords so we can get anybody that's actively looking for our you know, custom injection molding company. We want to be number one, but they don't want to worry about anybody who might be learning about custom injection molding or figuring out different alternatives to custom injection molding or whatever those things are. They're not more concerned about those people at all. And if they see the, you know, the lead volume drop because all of a sudden there's a cyclical nature to their search volume for a specific term and immediately they start worrying like, oh, we're not getting as many leads as we used to or our cost per click has gone up or you know, our cost per lead has gone up. And it's all because you're, you're investing all your energy and resource into that you know, 1% to 3% of the in-market buyers and all your, uh, all your me- you know, measuring is just those conversions. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I think really the first step in understanding the acquisition side of the, the equation is uh, really defining your market, defining your customers, um, and again, figuring out how we can actually most effectively and efficiently get in front of them. So uh, we'll dive into that a little bit deeper in a second, but let's you know go to the other side of the formula, which is we talk about acquisition, now retention. So again, when we say retention, um, you could look at this a few different ways. You could say retaining your existing audience's attention. Again, if we go back to that whole attention and education piece of it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a customer, right? We could lump in our, our prospects, clients in the pipeline or you know, potential clients in the pipeline, all the way down to you know customers who have been customers for 10, 15, 20 years, right? So the idea here is the ability to analyze, segment, and then manage and nurture those customers and that communication to them at scale, but in a tailored and you know right timing sort of perspective, right? So the meaning is, is it the right messaging to the right person at the at the right time? And having the right tools and technology in place allow you to build that segmentation, allow you to understand behavioral you know, characteristics of your, your leads or your customers. Um, and then ultimately, you can leverage those tools to, again, communicate to them at a seemingly one-to-one scale. And it doesn't always have to be email. Um, that's probably the easiest way to look at it when we talk about marketing automation. But it could be you know, triggering tasks for salespeople to follow up. It could be you know, building some criteria around your best customers or your worst customers, however you want to look at it, sending them gifts, inviting them to events you could hold you know you know we talk about the ability of building community and having like a vip sort of you know take your best customers and do like retreats or uh, events with them and let them know that you know obviously they are you know you're grateful for their business but also you want feedback from them in terms of improving uh, your service to them or your business to them so there's a lot of different things that you could do in terms of retaining those relationships and those customers and that's that's really what we're talking about with managing nurturing uh, is managing and nurturing those those contacts, those customers, those relationships. So there's a lot of uh, data and automation that can be built there, but there also is prioritization, which allows you to spend more one on one time with the right customers. Yeah, and I think when you're spending so much energy and resource in acquiring customers, you are going to be attracting a lot of contacts who may or may not be ready to make a purchase decision. So. You, if you're giving up early on those conversations because they were not, you know, in a buying journey, very, you know, very quick to make a buying decision, then 
if you don't nurture those contacts and customers, you're wasting a lot of money on the acquisition side as well. So this is equally important to acquisition is nurturing and segmenting your existing contacts that are coming in, also the customers that have been with you. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. So again, if we go back to the growth formula of acquisition plus retention equals growth, again, really what we're doing as marketers is just defining and, and categorizing these activities. So if we take a step even further back and we look at we talk about the buyer's journey changing. We talk about consumer behavior and habits changing. Biggest shift probably we've seen is the where that information lies and, and where the actual consumer or customer actually consumes that information, right? So what we believe and what we preach to our clients is that, you know, marketers, and this is in the B2B space in particular, but as marketers, our job is to educate our customers and educate our prospects. And as the sales side, the salespeople's job is really just to facilitate that sales process, right? Because the education should be done at scale and should be done through, you know, your website, your digital assets, whatever that may be. And so if you look at it that way, you're just breaking down all of these creating, capturing, managing and nurturing. Everything we talked about is really driven by educational content creation and then the distribution of that content. So what format of that content is going to be best to actually articulate your message? Um, Is that best in a roundtable discussion? Is that best in an in-person event? Is that best in a blog post with detailed, you know, custom graphs and charts to articulate exactly what you're trying to, uh, you know, the message you're trying to get across? Uh, Is that best in a video? Is that best in a podcast? What is the best way to articulate that message in a way that's going to be, you know, best consumed, that your clients are actually consuming content? And then ultimately, what's going to be the most effective and efficient way to get it in front of your audience. So really, where is your audience consuming information? Where do they go uh, at each of those stages? Where do they go? If they're if we're talking about capturing demand, what are we talking about? We're talking about if somebody has high buyer intent who's going to look for a solution provider. Where do they go? Do they go to industry directories? Do they go on social media and ask their peers? Do they go to Google and search? Is it all of the above, right? How do we throw our hat in the ring and make sure that they they hear from us at each of those stages. If we're talking about creating awareness and demand, that means they're not actively in a buying cycle. They're not actively pursuing something. So where do they go to consume information relative to their job, their roles and responsibilities? Uh, how do they, you know, what are they focusing on at their organization? And how can we get in there and add some value and educate them so that we are, you know, synonymous with helping them grow their business or whatever your solution actually 
provides for them. So really it's, it's kind of taking it down to the basis of understanding your customer, understanding how they make purchase decisions. And then every time you produce a piece of content, you're looking at, well, what is the purpose of this content? What's what, if this is perfect, right? If I were perfectly able to explain this to potential customer, right? On a one-to-one basis or on a one-to-many basis, what does that look like? And then don't just stop there. Look at how can we actually distribute this content? How can we actually get it in front of them? Um, and we talk a lot about kind of content arbitrage and breaking up pieces of content. So recording a long form piece of content like this, breaking up it different sections, and that can be distributed through email, through social media. There's a lot of different ways that you can distribute that content. So just think about that every time you're producing some content is, you know, what is the purpose of this? Where are my buyers consuming information and how do I get this in front of them in a way that they're going to consume it, understand it and see some value in it? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, marketing is sales at scale, right? Because most of sales conversations are one-to-one, right? People are having to have one-on-one conversations, probably with a buying committee, having multiple interactions. And a lot of times the same questions that are answered to a hundred other prospects in the prior sales conversations are having to be answered and, and you know repeated, repeatedly, right? Where marketing has the capacity to create all those questions that the buyers have and be able to make those answers available in whatever format that the consum- you know, the buyer wants to consume it. You know, there's been a lot of study, and I'm sure anybody who's listening can also attest to this. Most of us who are making a very considered purchase, there we're doing a lot of research. And oftentimes the last thing we want is a sales guy that's trying to get in the way holding information from us. And I think 15, 20 years ago, maybe even not that far back, 10 years ago, right? Like if you wanted to get any information, you had to go to the salesperson. You had to go uh, knock on their door and ask for like, hey, can I get that product specification? How much do you charge? And you know, what's your you know guarantee? What are customers talking about, you know, say, saying about you? All those questions had to be done by talking to the salesperson. So it's pretty clear to us today that most people are doing their research, doing all the information gathering, making a very educated decision on which option that they want to go with. Then they're approaching a salesperson and basically asking for additional things that they might need to do to the final final decision making. So we as the marketers and business leaders need to understand how our buyers are buying things you know, differently today. And we need to align and, and stop holding to every information that you have away from the customer because you're only making their life harder and they're going to go with a, uh, a supplier or a company that's actually much more willing to be open and transparent with the information about their product guarantees, quality issues, or even whatever, yeah. right? Whatever concerns and features or whatnot that they need to know to, to make that purchase. Definitely. And, and I think one of the other things on the, on the manage and nurture side of uh, the business, right? Particularly in the B2B space, I see a lot of companies that are, Ultimately, really the best way to describe it is kind of complacent with uh, their existing customers, right? And they almost take that for granted where, you know, we talk with a lot of B2B organizations where 80, 90% of their revenue every year is repeat customers, right? So if you look at uh, acquisition plus retention equals growth, they have very minimal efforts on acquisition, right? And most of their, their revenue comes from that retention. But when we ask them, you know, what strategies they have for managing and nurturing those contacts and customers for being proactive, for reaching out, uh, do we have data to segment leads based on purchase behavior? Do we know who are, do we have hard data to say our, our best customers, how frequently they purchase from us? Do we have an account manager that manages those relationships? A lot of times the answer is no, we're not doing anything. And so it's kind of like, I almost say we're getting lucky. I mean, but at the end of the day, 
you're keeping and retaining that business because of the service you're providing must be high quality. They must really enjoy working with you. Uh, but from a marketing perspective, uh, you know, how do we how do we take that to the next level? Because we also hear from those very same companies that if we ask, do you believe that all of your customers know all of your service offerings? Right? No. A lot of times they'll be working with a division of the organization that is one cubicle over or a couple offices down from another division of the company that doesn't even know that they exist, right? So there's a lot of you know expansion that could happen. There's a lot of value from building that relationship. So we see that a lot. Um, and then we also see the flip side of that where you talk about SaaS companies, startup companies, where all of the effort is, you know, marketing effort is on acquisition. And we spend so much time acquiring customers. We spend a lot of sales efforts, a lot of marketing efforts, a lot of hard dollars on acquiring new customers. Um, and then the same same thing, not a ton of effort in expanding those relationships and engagements. Uh, so make sure that you, you not just understand, well, yes, like you said earlier, it's not rocket science. It makes sense. You, you get more customers, you keep the existing customers, you're going to grow. Make sure that you have a concerted effort at each of those areas because it's not going to happen on it by accident. It's not going to happen through magic. It's going to happen through a very specific and strategic plan and then ultimately the discipline to execute the plan. And I think especially if you're selling very high value product offerings and you have a lot of different additional service offerings that you can provide, retention is even more critical because your average customer is worth really, really a lot. And I think there's been a lot of studies done by, I think it was Marketo or Pardot that put out a study that said, uh, typically the reason why most customers don't, why the prospects don't end up buying is the lack of nurturing. So the acquisition side of the equation, even if you're getting in-market buyers, they're ready to buy, they make a purchase. But there's a lot of people, especially if you're doing a great job in creating awareness and demand, you're going to have a lot of prospects come in the funnel. But if you don't have a system in place to nurture them long-term, and stay top of mind with them because even if they decided not to buy your product or services because they probably thought you were more expensive or your offerings didn't match their specific need, but they may have ended up going with an alternative option. But if you're doing a great job, continue to educate them and nurturing them. It's only a matter of time before they realize maybe they did make a wrong choice and that they need to come back and look at some of the previous options they've studied or looked at. So a lot of times people give up on prospects and they don't do a great job nurturing those prospects may have lost deals or leads that never converted into a sales conversation. So nurturing and you know managing nurturing is very critical both on the you know expanding the existing customers or just making sure that you continue to win more deals by just staying top of mind with past prospects. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, share with a friend or a colleague that needs to hear this message, and tune in next week. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.